0: Welcome to the Target Athletics Podcast. Josh Rempel here today with Dane Tony. Hello. And we're going to talk a little bit about how to improve recovery.
1: Yes, we are. <laughs> so, Josh, um, what are some ways that people can improve their recovery?
0: Yeah, so we kind of have a list of, um, I think, five or six things that we'll kind of go over, not to mean that there's nothing outside of this list. Um, It can be very individual. I do think that it's definitely something that you need to pay attention to and kind of track. Um, Recovery is an interesting one because there's so many variables um, that it's hard to kind of know what works and what doesn't sometimes. And, And with that, just generally going through life's ups and downs um sometimes maybe it's not even lack of recovery
1: right
0: it's just everything else in life's crazy so you feel a certain way and at other times you could be doing the same amount of activities and feel great um so it, i don't know it, it's very individual it has a lot to do with what your current lifestyle is like um, but Having said all that, we're just going to go over a couple things that maybe you could be aware of and then improve upon.
1: How would you define uh, a recovered person?
0: Shoot, I guess... um,
1: (laughs) A well-recovered person. A
0: well-recovered person. I think you're excited to get up for the day. Um, You have energy for the most part throughout the day. And... Again, those aren't to say you won't be tired, you won't be exhausted, you won't be sore at times throughout that period, but like you have a pretty positive mental outlook toward life.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. That's a really good way to put it.
0: Yeah. So, uh, first and foremost, I think one of the most important things to be a well recovered person <laughs> is to uh, put prioritized sleep. What do you think what is your uh well i live with you so i know but you prioritize sleep how much do you try and get a night eight
1: um yeah sleep for me is definitely like it's a non-negotiable um and i'm lucky enough to where i can pretty much get my schedule there um at least six days a week i do teach that the 5 a.m class that i teach the the four the four ten a.m. wake up definitely puts a damper on my eight hour minimum, but um, I know that, and that's I teach on Thursday mornings and Wednesday night at, you know I know I need to be asleep by eight ten, so that I, I really try and make that a priority. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely like I definitely if I were to grade myself, I give my I probably give myself an A. Um, I'd be a Victorian in the sleep department (laughs) Um, for the most part. I mean, obviously, you know, the full moon situation. (laughs) (laughs) No, Um, obviously, it's not, you know, I'm not a hundred percent all the time, but uh, the biggest thing that I do that I think is the most valuable is prioritizing it um, and making it that non negotiable. Um, I do believe that people can run off of less. You know, I feel like um, you know you could use Jocko for an example. Um, you know, I think some people can get away with seven or six, and that's and they're fine. And I think that's maybe a maybe a genetic thing. Um, but I also think that you have to kind of tune that into yourself. So, you know, I I know that for me, you know, I can get away with seven, but prefer eight.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of scientifically proven processes that need to happen while we sleep Mm -hmm. and so at some point you're short-circuiting yourself if you're um going too far below what's ideal for you Mm -hmm. and i mean that probably does again just take some awareness of what your number is um i like we're kind of good examples because you definitely get more sleep than i do you you're better at falling asleep than i am as -hmm. well um I probably fall I think I do pretty well off about seven if I start to go below that I, I notice it and if I if I get more I don't really feel any better
1: right yeah that's a good point is like you know if I'm sleeping 10 hours it's not like I'm all of a sudden feeling way more rejuvenated that I did off of eight right um, an interesting fact that I once heard was that there was a study that was done that uh, imaged brains and a sleep-deprived brain, which I don't know. I'm sure they're probably pretty darn sleep-deprived. I think this had to do with maybe the military or something. Um, but a sleep-deprived brain image looked very similar to a brain that had a traumatic brain injury. So whatever they were looking at, there were there was comparables to those two uh, brains, and and that says a lot. Like if you're not getting sleep, like you're really I mean, a traumatic brain injury is a huge thing. So, you know, just a a lack of sleep can, according to that one study, and I don't know if I'm getting it 100% right, but can set you into that.
0: Yeah. At some point, you'll you'll die if you don't sleep.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy to think, but
0: yeah. Um, So a couple quick tips on how to improve sleep. Um, one would be try and set up a consistent time to go to bed and, and wake up. Um, and that would be continuing that through the weekend for the most part. Again, the more consistent you are with it, the better. And, and on top of that, kind of in the same vein as when you go to bed, making sure your room's blacked out. So getting rid of all lights, clocks, things that are bright that attract the eye. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that probably made a big difference. We've done that for a while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I scoffed at it, I think, probably the first time I heard it. But after we did it, it, it definitely makes a big difference. And now if there's, like, one stupid little light in the room.
1: Yeah, you notice it. Yeah, I can't <laughs> handle it. So
0: that was definitely a big one. Um, increasing light exposure early in the day. Again, you're mm-hmm. you're just trying to set your circadian rhythm up for success. So getting out in the morning into some sunlight is very beneficial. And I think that roughly it's like 10 to 15 minutes of unfiltered light is best. Uh, So if you can get out in the morning, go for a walk, uh, stand out in the sun, do whatever you want to do, but without sunglasses even is better.
1: I'm burning my eyes.
0: So uh, reducing blue light exposure before bed, so screens or wearing. I don't know about the blue blocker glasses thing. Um, yeah. Not to say, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Hold on. laughs>
0: um, not to say that that wouldn't be a benefit. I just we did it did it consistently for a little while and then fell off.
1: Yeah, And I'm trying to think. I don't know if I really noticed a big difference, to be honest. Um, I I've heard people noticing a major difference. Uh, But I'm also one that doesn't, you know, quote-unquote, have sleep issues. However, with that being said, I know a lot of people with sleep issues. so Right. Um, So
0: it might be worth a shot. mm -hmm. There's a bunch out there now. Um, Cutting off caffeine intake at noon. So trying to have a hard stop at 12 o'clock. And that would be one, too, where finding out how caffeine affects you because that's a very individual thing so I, i think it's called the half life of caffeine or something but that can some people process that real quick and some people process it over like two or three days wow so it's a it's a major difference for per individual i always thought that i um didn't get affected by caffeine because i drink it all the time but i'm like i never really get a kick from it But on the flip side, when I did go no caffeine for like six weeks, I felt like crap for two days Mm
1: -hmm.
0: when I actually full stop. So obviously it affects me more than I thought, even though I'm not feel like I get like a caffeine buzz buzz or anything off it. Uh, So that's one to pay attention to, Um, not napping during the day, or if you do keep them earlier in the day and shorter, Uh, I can't nap short it actually screws me up way worse like I need two or three hours which then screws me up worse as well so I'm better off just staying awake Um, because like if I go down for 15 minutes I'm I'm worse off than if I would have just powered through and not gone just tried to take a nap
1: yeah I had a professor in college that said the most effective nap is 20 to 30 minutes yeah um, and I, I actually believe in that. Like, I've been on long drives and, like, pulled over and set my alarm and slept for 20 minutes, woken up and been like, I'm good. So I, I think I could, if I'm really at that point where you're, you're just, like, holding your eyelids open... I do think for me personally, I found a 20 to 30 minute nap, 20 minutes. You don't want to go too long because then you're like groggy, but a short, quick, and yeah. then sometimes you, your alarm goes off and you're like, wow, dang it.
0: <laughs> um, daily exercise is very important. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, trying to keep that consistent as well. Um, bedroom temperature. On yeah. the cooler side, definitely helps. Yep. I've so, heard
1: statistics on that. Like, I think, what is it, 60 degrees? is like the...
0: Something like that.
1: Where you want it. Yeah. Um,
0: Typically cooler. Yeah. On the little bit cooler is a little bit better. Um, I'm pretty interested in these, like, chili pad things. Yeah. So we'll keep you posted on that.
1: <laughs> now, doing this, I'm like, we could do a whole podcast on sleep.
0: Yeah. Um, alcohol intake. Mm -hmm. would be one to pay attention to Uh, with all the other obviously you could make a case for some social benefit to drinking there's also probably more of a case to be made about the disruption it causes for through the night for sleep Mm -hmm. um, what it does to metabolism and all that stuff and I'm by no means a non-alcoholic advocate I guess it would be Um, but on the flip side if it's something that you're using as a crutch to help fall asleep. There's a whole bunch of evidence out there that it's not good in the long term and it actually disrupts your sleep more than if um, you were to not drink and just not fall asleep as quickly. So uh, something to pay attention to there.
1: Yeah, on the alcohol piece, I I mean, just chiming in on personal experience, but (laughs) I definitely notice those nights more so than a normal night depending on how much of course but it's noticeable
0: yeah alright well um, anything else on sleep?
1: nope sleep will improve your recovery
0: yeah I think that's and that's why we did it first it's definitely top of the list mm-hmm. um, so tr- trying to make some real effort toward fixing it goes a long way or getting it better Yep. Um, over time yeah it's super important there's a great book uh, I don't remember the name but it's by Matthew Dr. Dr. Matthew Walker
1: <laughs> you're looking at me like
0: I know <laughs> I know I said all backwards uh, He he's put out it's within the last year or two uh, goes a deep dive into sleep and how important it is how to improve it so um, that'd be a good, good one to check out alright next one Active recovery. What does active recovery mean to you? Um,
1: well, it's definitely a negotiable. <laughs> I'm laughing because I said sleep is non-negotiable yet. I know I should be doing active recovery things. And um, those ones seem to slip by. Um, active recovery would just be more, I would say, moving your body with intent, with the intent of recovery. What would you say active recovery is? Uh,
0: anything that increases blood flow without um, accumulating too much fatigue. Yeah, basically. Like that. that's probably so, the technical term. <laughs> <laughs> uh, walking, hiking, biking, mm-hmm. uh, yoga. Yeah. Not all forms. Don't get all crazy. Some <laughs> yoga is hard. Um, but yoga could be great active recovery. Um, hiking can get too strenuous for sure yeah, so right so biking, yeah yep, so good biking all those things but it's it's basically doing activity that's going to increase blood flow get the heart moving get the fluids moving through your body um and yet you're not accumulating a whole bunch of fatigue as you're doing it right so you're able to clear that out and flush if you will
1: yeah i would say an activity that you feel compared to when you started you feel better than when you started
0: yeah, you feel better after you're done than when Help you start. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Yeah, um, you could do that in the gym as well. Yeah. Um, some of our aerobic sustained days are, are meant to be geared toward that, very much active movement. Um, but that I would say the mixed modal stuff, which are, just means like doing a bunch of weightlifting movements or CrossFit or whatever you want to call it. Uh, is is takes takes knowing yourself a little bit better to be able to stay in that um, lower zone without pushing too hard. So, um, but that all comes with getting to know yourself and where you're at. And active recovery could look different for Dane than it looks for me, than it looks for somebody else, because you could be at totally different levels of fitness um, and all that stuff. So. Just keep that in mind as well. What's active recovery for one person might not be... That might be too strenuous or it might be too easy for Mm -hmm. the other person.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest takeaway is, like, you know, a lot of people are strapped to a desk these days. And so sitting in a chair for eight hours a day or more um, can, I would say, hinder your recovery, you know, cause you to feel stiff or achy or bound up so you know walking adding a walk adding some yoga I know a lot of people at the gym do ramwad so they're doing that the str- like stretching videos um, and just you know moving your joints in um, a range of motion that is beneficial I guess every day
0: yep um, next one massage yep. so this could be self myofascial release Stuff. this could be self massage this could be paying a professional um, but getting out there and doing some self-care
1: yeah why would you do that increase blood flow
0: yep that's another one
1: Yep. Um, yeah I, I think uh, body work is very helpful
0: yeah another reason to do it is it feels really good and it's very relaxing Yep. So apart from maybe not even the the benefit of physical attributes that you can get from it, but just the mental side, the stress relief, all that stuff, super important. So,
1: so it's actually funny. I'm looking at our list and we didn't even like how to improve recovery. I think a huge one on here should be decreasing your stress. Because if your body's stressed out, then... It's probably not going to be able to recover. I mean, a lot of these things will are kind of umbrellaed under stress, but um, you know, if your body is constantly in a fight or flight mode, it's going to have a harder time to recover.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I would, yeah, I would say all of these. If you did these things, it would help improve stress levels. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Like Get a massage. Yeah, release tension, stress, increase blood flow. Um, again, either going out and hiring a professional or taking it upon yourself to watch some videos and do a, some work at home. Get a
1: crossball yeah get a Theragun. They make really cheap ones that are not crazy expensive. Um, yeah.
0: Let's see. All right, protein.
1: How can protein help you recover?
0: Protein is essential. Um, Think of it as building blocks for the body and for tissue. And basically we're water and tissue. And I was going to say common sense, but that's questionable. (laughs) (laughs) So protein is super important. It's important for protein synthesis, for the muscle recovery. It's important to... Maintain muscle mass as we age. Um, lean muscle mass. Lean muscle mass as we, as we age. Uh,
1: Helps with satiety.
0: Yep. Keeps you fuller longer. Um, yeah. It's probably... Anyways. It's very important. Um, as a human, you need a baseline amount. Mm-hmm. Um, that amount could be debatable. But in general, real rough, 0. 0.5 to 1 gram per pound of body weight is a decent place to start and a more accurate representation might be based off of goal lean muscle mass uh or sorry lean body mass um but that's a little bit harder to calculate you need like a dexa scan or something like that so
1: now can you talk a little about about protein shakes post-workout what's you know a protein shake and how is that going to help
0: so Probably not much as far as like uh, being super, super, super duper important. If you're getting enough protein per day, every day, I think that's more important. On top of that, substituting with a shake can be a benefit for sure. Um, and it's a great way for people who have a hard time meeting their protein goal or requirement. To, to throw a shake in there. A shake can be super beneficial from a, it's very digestible, it's lightweight, so like if you don't like training on an empty stomach but you have a little shake before or finish your shake after, great. Um, there's a bunch of research kinda on that two-hour shake window that seems to be less important than people have put it in previously. Um, so I think whey protein is uh, almost a necessity, but if you don't have it, immediately post workout, it doesn't mean it's not gonna be a benefit if you have it six hours later.
1: <laughs> so it's not very important, but yet it's a necessity. It's
0: not very important <laughs> to have it immediately after training, is what I'm saying. Like it's you It's could... not
1: like it's it's you will still reap the benefit even if you miss the window. Correct. But it would be a slightly more beneficial within the window. Debatable. Okay, well, flip it it on me, because I'm (laughs) going to disagree. I know, I know. So, if you want Dane's opinion, I do think uh, a protein shake is beneficial um, in having it right after your workout, because there is research. I mean, obviously, with the internet now, you can find research for a lot of things and a lot of different things and blah, blah, blah. But I have heard and learned that, you know, the two to three hour window post-workout, that a whey protein or a a protein shake, um, the benefit to it is it's easy, more readily absorbed to the body. So versus eating a steak where your body has to break it down into the amino acids and those building blocks that go into your muscles, um, uh, the powder version is already Broken down is broken down more than uh, a piece of meat or what other you know other types of protein. So I do think there is <laughs> more benefit than zero. But I I do see your point is like the point is that it you know if you're not getting the protein like get the number get the amount of protein you should be getting within a day and that's benefit like. M- overlying on, on the importance of a shake
0: yeah exactly my my i guess what i'm trying to say is if let's say you need 200 grams of protein a day and you're like well i'm having my workout shake right after i work out and then you're only eating 50 other grams so you're getting a total of 100 grams of protein per day right i'm saying that's less beneficial but you're hitting your workout window than if you were not doing a shake right after workout but you're getting that 200 grams a day yes so, and
1: then if you want the gold star, you're getting the 200 grams and the workout shake within the window. And eight um, hours of sleep. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and you're doing yoga every other day.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, protein shakes, I think, you know, I guess we could do a freaking podcast on that too. My gosh. I mean, you got all the BCAs. Anyways, we should put that in our back pocket. So, yeah. We
0: talk about that. I think the one that has the most research backing it is whey protein. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty beneficial. We can both agree on that. But protein in general, very important. Uh, hydration.
1: What do you think about that? Well, I just took a sip of my tea. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, if I were to rank myself, I'd get myself sleep and then I'd put hydration next. Um, I think that's, I mean, that's... You gotta be hydrated. Um, I drink a lot of. I try and drink a lot of water. Uh, I basically. I carry. I actually don't have a water bottle right now, but I typically carry my water bottle around, like with my phone, like it's attached to my body as my phone is. (laughs) But um, yeah, drinking a lot of water can help just flush flush everything out. uh, uh, Flushes out the protein or your i mean what your whatever your muscle breaks down, help me out here.
0: Just say waste. Waste products.
1: Waste products that your that your muscle breaks down when you exercise.
0: Yeah. So, general <laughs> consensus we're gen, we're about 55-60% water. Yeah. Um, so pretty important to stay hydrated help cells prevent from um, breaking down by protein synthesis. Um, keeps by, keeps everything moving around the body, helps digestion, blah blah blah. Fairly important. General idea is ounces per pound of body weight. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it's half. It's not ounces per pound. I think it's it's, it's, uh, it's half like of half that. Your, half your body weight in yeah, ounces yeah, of water. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good. Uh, I was going to say that's a shit ton of water. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean there there also is um, like you can become. I think it's. Hyponutrientemic. I'm now. I'm gonna have to Google that. But
0: yeah, you can die from too much water.
1: Yes, <laughs> you can get in trouble from too much water. But I think more than not, people are drinking. You know, I would say more than often, people are uh, dehydrated than they are overhydrated. The number one key to tell if you are hydrated or not is look at your pee. Yep. You know, that is your source to tell you if you are hydrated. Um, if your pee if, you can, if you're watching the video, it looks like this dark tea that I have in my um, glass. That's probably dehydrated. Um, I actually saw, I uh, had a doctor practitioner once tell me, because <laughs> I was like, how do you tell if you're dehydrated out in the wilderness when you're being in the, in the woods? I'm thinking of like, you know, when I'm riding dirt bikes or out camping, and she had told me to pay attention to the temperature, which I was like, oh, that's fascinating. So, little tip there, pay attention to how warm your urine is coming out. And basically, the warmer it is, apparently, the more dehydrated you are.
0: I so, think. you got to, like, pee on your hand?
1: No, no, no. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <It comes laughs> well, <out. laughs> how
0: are you uh, testing that?
1: When You're are, peeing. You're supposed to feel it? Yeah. Interesting. Okay, we're going into the weeds. Well, my
0: other question was, so, and this is a valid one, if you're peeing in a toilet that has a very low water content, so that it has a low level,
1: right? This is valid. This is
0: serious, right, because it turns yellow quicker than a toilet bowl with full water. Yep. So something else to pay
1: attention to. (laughs) Yep, so uh, make sure you're paying attention and drinking water. Um, throughout the day <laughs> yeah yeah,
0: basically best <laughs> that will time, help
1: with your recovery
0: try and drink water
1: you know one of the things we tell people to do as soon as they start at the gym is stay hydrated like, don't let that don't get dehydrated because yeah. on
0: worse. the flip side you don't need to drink water during a 20 minute AMRAP no most the time I bet you'll be fine so something to keep in mind mm-hmm Um, More on that one later for sure because that's going to come up in some mental fitness and mental toughness.
1: On how hot your pee is.
0: Uh, I mean, it could. (laughs) No, I was thinking more um, drinking water as an excuse not to do work during a workout. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Last one we got is spacing out your routine. So at some point, you're going to overextend yourself and become poorly recovered. If you're doing that day after day after day after day, week after week, month after month, you're going to run into some issues. So all the things that preceded this, staying on top of those will prevent this from happening. But if you're burning both ends of the candle, working out, not sleeping, eating crap.
1: Being stressed.
0: Yep. uh, Running around with hot pee all the time. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to eventually run into some problems so you know having again I, I, this falls kind of in that routine thing but having an idea that if you're spending big weekends outside um, and you're know, paying attention to all these things we're talking about it's just important because that's going to give you a, a track record for uh, kind of seeing what might be a root cause of why you feel not as optimal as you potentially could even even something as silly as like giving yourself a grade system for the day like at the end of the day a plus boom felt great. you have a bunch of a's and b's a's and B's As and Bs and then all of a sudden you have an f you're probably fine and you just need to get through it and you'll go back to A's and B's but if you're like c d c d c d f f f uh you need to take a look at what you're doing, mm-hmm. how you're eating, how you're sleeping all these other things um and, and maybe change something up. So, but everybody has bad days. Everybody has bad weeks. Even uh, I think that's kind of part of life in general. Um, so it's it's just important to see the longer term trends, and and make adjustments accordingly.
1: Yeah, I think you talked about spacing out a routine. I think having a routine can help too.
0: Totally, and by spacing out routine. I'm, I kind of mean like um, if, you, if you're coming at, let's say for me for instance right? if I want to train in the morning maybe I want to do I know I'm going to come to class later in the afternoon and so I might and I want to do two I'm going to go for a light aerobic zone 2-ish lighter end work in the morning I'm going to eat because I know I need to eat in between these and then I'm going to go hit class in the afternoon and I want to ride my dirt bike tomorrow and that's going to be a 6-8 hour day Um, so I got to eat for that I know the next day probably gonna be tired so maybe that day I plan for some active recovery I'm just spacing out the things I want to do in a sense that in a manner that makes sense instead of like trying to fit all that into a certain amount of time and then that kind of backlogs my ability to maintain and recover in between things I want to continue to pursue
1: Mm -hmm. I'm going to kind of flip it, but, um, you know, you can actually make a routine to, to help with all these other things, a routine where you're incorporating your sleep, a routine where you're incorporating that active recovery, whether that be, you know, doing 10 minutes of stretching as soon as you get out of bed or before bed, um, getting a massage, maybe once a week, once a month, once, well, you know, once a month is pretty good. Um, or whatever that may be, that could be, maybe that's part of also your active recovery where you're, um, stretching and then, you know, hanging out with a foam roller for a little bit, um, where you're routinely incorporating protein and then, you know, routinely drinking enough water and exercising, um, you know, and incorporating that in your, I'm going to say it again, routine.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode. Sorry for the abrupt ending. Uh, We ran into a little bit of a time crunch and had to cut it where it was. Uh, Just a brief summary, Uh, we were talking about routine. Uh, Having a routine is a great way to be able to kind of maximize efficiency um, throughout your day, throughout your weeks. It definitely helps you kind of pencil in the things that you're really interested And making sure that you get done Um, it is also a good way over the long term to be able to look back and see you know how you're feeling per day check in all those things and see maybe where if you notice you're always a little bit more tired on a certain day you can kind of look back and see what builds up to that each week and make some adjustments all that stuff Um, so being able to get dialed in do things consistently definitely leads to optimizing potentially optimizing your health and how you feel throughout the week and then if you need to spacing that routine out accordingly so you're being able to fuel properly sleep properly and get all those things in there is so important to recovery in between um, things that you're looking to achieve whether that's big outdoor goals or in the gym goals or body composition goals or any of those things so very pro routine And I think it's a great way to kind of optimize for your best life. And that's all we got for today. So thanks for listening. And we will catch you on the next one.